This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by MeUndies. Visit MeUndies.com slash BadChristian to get 20% off your first pair. Today's show is also sponsored by Movement. Visit Movement.com, MVMT.com slash BCPod for 15% off. Today's show is also sponsored by Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash bcpod and using the promo code bcpod at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Joey Svensson, kick the beat. Yo, yo, turn it up in my headphones. Here we go. It's the Big Christian Podcast. It's a big Christian broadcast. Ooh, all right. Well, to us, maybe the listeners might have sound effects that they add in later, but we don't have sound effects right now because Matt and Reva aren't here. <laughs> Joey and I, literally all we can do is talk. That is it. Like there, there was no, Joey, was there any chance that you and I were going to figure out sound effects no or going live i mean this is so comfortable <laughs> like all the only thing that's ever going to get out there from this is audio i mean that is just a wonderful feeling i mean you don't have your shirt on i mean you are a little sweaty what is that is that what is that goo on you is that ointment you're the king uh, of ointments i'm not sure it's been on there for a couple of days <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right just as a catch-up this just popped in my head when's the last time you've been to the doctor how recently um today <laughs> are you serious a therapist <laughs> <laughs> no but like okay that's that's mental that's still a part of your body but have you been to a doctor recently for like any health stuff like outside of your brain no i mean maybe six months like to get blood oh, okay. work just like regular checkup sort of thing okay i didn't i usually you have i always feel like once a week you go to a doctor i know and it's but, so it's so funny to you no, well, it's, no, no, no. You're, my you're, anguish and my pain and my ailments and all that stuff just makes you your feel ailments, better about yourself. I, okay, I'll give you that. I do think your ailments are funny because I feel like you're almost indestructible. Like it feels like your family just <laughs> just lives and lives and lives. And I feel like like you have bad stuff that happens to you, but it's almost like minimal. Like it, it, it's unbelievable. Like you had a soft spot on your head that was precancerous. <laughs> It was, it was like, yeah, take it off. And you just kept right out. I mean, it's like, like me, I would be devastated. I don't know if I'd be starting to think, uh, you know, about the future. I'd have probably written a will. I'd have done all kinds. I'd taken precautions. And you just like, I mean, because you're so used to it. Yeah. Your body always has fallen apart. You know, like uh, Matt said this before, too. Matt's big, tall, and clumsy. So he knows how to fall more than most people. Like he's fallen so much in his life that he can fall maybe more correctly than most people you can you can get sick and have pain and ailments better than most oh, yeah. people it's like yeah uh, shit uh, yeah there it is yeah. that's well, cancer fuck it yeah yeah well priscilla go ahead and start the car gotta go to the damn emergency room for my kidney stone just just hurry up <laughs> don't forget a snack you you got you got diagnosed with one of the biggest kidney stones you've ever had you said i'm gonna go on tour <laughs> yeah and and the doctor said i'm a little uneasy about it but Given that it's so gigantic, it's not going to go anywhere. So you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then your body allowed it to move oh very far. That's yeah. what. I, that, That's what's crazy. A lot of people don't. I, 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 some it's people when, might. When I, might when know I this. went to the doctor for the actual surgery, he could not believe how far it had passed. And that was when I was in Nashville, Tennessee, and was about 
obliterated. I had stomach problems caused by the kidney stone. I was super depressed and had the kidney stone. It was an amazing night. We did a Bad Christian Live uh, podcast live tour, and Joey uh, was in pain several times, but it was okay. And then we finally got to the end in Atlanta. And at during the podcast in Atlanta, it started hurting you pretty pretty decently. I mean, you were very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then as soon as the podcast was over, we had to rush you to the emergency room. We went to Emory University Hospital first. It was packed, couldn't do anything. What was crazy is um you were I guess you did you have some pain medication or maybe you were just in such yeah. agony. No, I had some. You were just, yeah, so you were out of it. You were just yeah. crazy out of it. And, and I, mean, I don't want to get too graphic for people, but I'm just going to. This is the that's what Christianity is all about. Just Christian, you know, just being Sick truthful. Shit. Yeah. Joey ah. goes goes into the lobby, the emergency room bathroom, <laughs> and and he he's like out of. I mean, he's just like walking out, kind of stumbling. Like at this just, point, you yeah, don't care yeah. about social norms, right. what people think of you, or anything. Yeah. And so we're trying anything we can to get Joey to the inn because it's so crowded. They're not letting him in. So I, we even re- recommended you should start screaming and l- rolling around on the floor so they would let you into the emergency <laughs> room. But Joey, in his day state, goes to the bathroom. He opens the door and goes, you guys wouldn't believe how much blood was just in the toilet from my pee. And we were like, oh, dude, let's show him. And he goes, I flushed it. <laughs> now, I, I'm so pretty the one sure, thing we could have showed him, a blood, a toilet bowl full of blood, your blood, you flushed it doing the gentlemanly, hey, I don't want to leave this for somebody else, now, but that could have gotten you in the emergency sure, I'm pretty sure the, the more accurate version, which is worse, I, I pretty much cracked the door open stuck my head out and said matt toby like i pissed like blood and guts yeah. and all sorts of stuff i don't even know what came out <laughs> that is so unbelievable now i mean just so i know and and i haven't even mentioned that aaron luntzard's here today Woo! uh he's what taking up? matt's what spot up? matt matt is uh doing I, wasn't, a- I wasn't sure if i was allowed to talk I yet i was like oh we didn't go are you gonna bring me on like a guest or am i like a substitute here i don't know what to yeah do. you're still you, please don't uh, speak oh, yet it's okay. still, still not sorry. uh no aaron's here matt is on a cross country <laughs> trip uh cross cross country <laughs> cross <laughs> we're having a good time here today matt is on a cross country why are you laughing so hard you said country i, I didn't mean to <laughs> i know but that's funny okay all right, yeah. all right matt is on a cross country that's a tough word to say. Uh, trip with his dad, and so uh, he was going to try and come in, come in and ring us in, but he uh, he's in the middle of nowhere, like Montana or someplace or South Dakota, and it just ain't going to work. So we uh, brought in Lunsford, and he's gonna, we're going to talk a little bit. But uh, I remember that day, by the way, with Joey and the thing, because I was hanging out with y'all in Nashville. Oh, I did right. the podcast. Oh, that's that right, because y'all well, had we lunch, to... and I stayed in the car for the most part. <laughs> well, yeah. That's right. I, we were at Martin's Barbecue on yeah. Belmont Boulevard, and you were like, you had your head like on the table. And then you went to the bathroom. I was like, "What? What's wrong yeah. with him?" And oh, it's miserable. <laughs> Matt just oh, said, so "Matt just said that's Joey." He's, <laughs> Matt said that is Joey. <laughs> I mean, that's it, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how you exist. I mean, it's just so terrible. Like back in the day, like are, are you a, are you benefiting from technology? Like it, back in the day, say the year fifteen hundred, did you die from a kidney stone? Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I mean, to be historically accurate. De- depending on whether or not it's passable, which I've had at least three that were not passable by natural means, I think they they just considered okay that person has an evil spirit, so they they deservingly Ooh. have this, and there's nothing that we can do. So they just wallowed in pain until they got infected enough to die. I mean, it's just I mean, it's seeing crazy. you well, in well, think the pain about this that you too, were in. Toby is 
is fast forward a few hundred years in the 70s when my dad had one that was unpassable. He has a huge scar that goes from like his belly button all the way to the to his back where they literally cut him open to remove it. I'm benefiting from just 30 years uh, later wow. and they just laser it. <laughs> I mean, I've never been cut open for a kidney stone. My dad not, has so- a huge st- uh, scar. So even fairly recently, it was right. still very serious surgery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a dangerous time where they had to cut your dad open to get out a kidney stone. Yeah. And, and it's just something that's hereditary, right? I mean, that's, yeah. just, uh, that's, that's just crazy. Like, I, I just benefit from not having that. You but benefit like, from not having But my parents stone. never really – my parents have always been pretty healthy, and so have I. Like, it's really crazy. I, I mean, knock on wood, but, but I never have been – and the worst thing that's ever happened to me is I got this crazy skin thing. That keeps popping up. But Toby, I mean, you know, no, nobody feels bad about uh, kind of itch a little bit. Nobody feels that bad. <laughs> Toby, you, uh, you're very familiar with my dad and just how sweet and laid back and mild-mannered yeah. he is. When he was in college, he was the same way, but he had a kidney stone for the first time, so he didn't know what was going on. He thought he was dying, and so they, he went to the infirmary, and there was you know, a, a, a peer of his that was manning it in the late hours, and my dad was just like, I don't know what's going on, but you got to get me help. The kid was just like, I'm sorry. I mean, there's nothing we can do in the middle of the night. I mean, it's, it doesn't look like to be an emergency. And they went back and forth a bit until my dad grabbed him by the shirt, slammed him against the wall, and said, get me help, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy that, called the EMS. He was like, okay, dude, okay. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like some some stories I've heard about pregnant ladies yeah. that are like, you have to help me. or You know what I mean? I mean, like, I, I seriously, I, when I had my first kidney stone, I, I was in the eighth grade, and I seriously, seriously thought, whatever this is, this is it. Like, the, you, I, you I thought can't you were going to die. Yeah. yeah, I was pacing around the house in the middle of the night, my parents were asleep. I was like, oh, I, I mean, I'm just going to die. I don't know why I should wake them up right now. And then my dad got up and he just saw the look on my face and he saw how I was pacing and he, and he said, what hurts? And yeah. I, right where I put and my you hand, immediately said, showed him your wiener. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you do realize that that's not where the pain is, right? Well, it's around there, right? No, the pain is from the kidney to the bladder. Well, so that's what's so bizarre. He was like, why are you showing me your wiener? <laughs> your dad's a... <laughs> Anyway, I don't even know how we got on this. Hey, let, always... let me tell you guys something really funny that just happened on the way here. You okay. know, obviously, and and I, you know, it's it's unavoidable. We're about to hit serious mode here in a second because of the tragedy last night. It's unbelievable. But for a little bit of humor before going into this, they uh, let you hear a speech. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of humor oh before going yeah. into the, so your they transition. Let you, Joey, Joey has a joke he wants to work in real quick. <laughs> so they let you hear a speech from President Trump. And our president says, and, and uh, the scripture says, the Lord, and he reads a psalm, and I... I cannot believe how I reacted. I literally LOL'd. Like, I died laughing from the belly because it just hit me how all the Christians right now are saying, see, we've we've got honor back in the White House. He's Golly. reading scripture. And I mean, if For the you first just time. would think a little bit, you would realize that means nothing to him. And he's like, this is great timing for me to re-up my credibility with the evangelicals. I mean, it just is insane how the evangelicals, though, will say, see, our president prays. 
We have, yep. you know, we have our man back in the White House. But yeah, I woke did, up. Did he preface it with, I'm going to read from P. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> 219? I mean, Here, that, 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 that is just awful. I, I mean, if anything, like, Nobody really thinks he's uh, uh, a, a a a person who really spends time reading scripture, right. does he? I mean, like, is that not just pandering to his base or wanting to seem that way or just trying to do the right thing? I mean, if it was anybody else, I, I might would even give him the benefit of the doubt. Hey, this is a moment in our the one the worst moments in our history of America. Yeah, and I want they're reading a scripture to comfort people and 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 you know just tell them that good is still out there, but. With Donald Trump, you don't think that. Yeah, I mean, you don't just th- you just think it's a business move? Like, I hope people, when I say this example, I hope people would say, "Oh, yeah, there's a huge possibility of that." And I'm not even, I'm not even being negative towards the president. Like, but this is just the reality. I hope people could imagine the fact that when he walks off stage, he turns to his trusted assistant and said, How, "How'd you like that scripture bullshit that I threw in there?" Like, if, uh-huh. if you hear, if you heard me say that and you shake your head like. No, no way he would say that. Then you are just so persuaded by stuff that has no substantial I, almo- evidence. Almost any politician would say that. Either sure. Too. Right. Like, or at least people in the circle. Even if Obama said something like that, he'd walk off stage and there's a group of speech writers that'd be and like, that's, oh, And man, that's a great that, point. That that's, scripture really hit. Yeah, that's a great point, Aaron. And I think what's what makes this so, I'll use the word... Uh, I hate using the word tragic because real tragedy just happened. But what makes this so peculiar, though, is of all people, folks should at least be able to point to Trump and say, well, that was bullshit how he threw that in there. Yeah. Like like you take an, uh, an Obama type or uh, the second George Bush and you could be like, oh, wow, that was really cool how they use scripture there because they're kind of honorable men and everything. But mm-hmm. this guy... Shouldn't we all just be saying, come on, man, you, you know, you're yeah. totally doing that for some votes. <laughs> all right, guys, I want to tell you about Movement Watches, a really awesome company. It was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. These watchmakers' goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high-quality, minimalist products at revolutionary prices. And I think they're doing it because they have a million watches sold, over a million watches sold to customers in over 160 countries around the world. That's, uh, yeah, that's called a success. Movement Watches, they have definitely solidified itself as the world's fastest growing watch company. I'm wearing a Movement Watch right now, actually. It's called the Abyss. It's a very cool style. It's all black. And I've got another one in my dresser drawer, more you know, for formal occasions. It's got the brown leather and the the blue face to it. Uh, so yeah, you can you complete your look whether you're dressing up or dressing down. The watch that I'm wearing right now, I, I don't ever take it off. Don't take it off in the shower. Don't take it off while I'm mowing the lawn. I take it off when I want to put a different movement watch on. So. This company was started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them, so they started their own watch company. These watches, they start at $95. Now, you know at a department store, you're looking at 400 to 500 bucks when you buy a damn good watch. Not these. These start at $95. So they figured out that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman and retail markup 
so they're providing you the best possible price. And there's classic designs, quality, construction, and style minimalism. And like I said, over a million of them sold in over 160 countries. So we are going to offer 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash bcpod. This watch has a really clean design that makes a great fashion statement. All of them, and there's so many to choose from. Now's the time to step up your watch game. So go to mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod. Join the movement. I, I tell you what, what's really crazy in times like these is it makes me really long for Obama's presidency. And so many people will say, what are you talking about? Th-? But I promise you, the, the, the best thing about Obama was I really felt like he was smart and level-headed and mostly did the right thing, especially in, in times like these. I know people will disagree with me. I know that people, there's tons of things that he got wrong. I'm not saying he's the best president ever or did every single thing right. But, I mean, when uh, Trump does feel like a wild card, and yeah. maybe that's what we asked for. Maybe, th- maybe that, I mean, you got to take uh, all of it together. You know what I mean? Like, maybe this is a real uh, time in American history where uh, we're like, whoa, this this got crazy, and maybe this is for, time for real change. But it is bizarre. I mean, we had just crazy hurricanes, yeah. shootings. I mean, just two weeks ago in Tennessee, twenty minutes from our houses, mine and Aaron's house, a guy walks in and blows up, you know, shoots up a church and kills yeah. a lady. And now this guy's doing this, and we have Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, the 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 guy most known from The Apprentice and his books <laughs> and and his Trump stuff, his Trump yeah. brand. I mean, he's the guy that's leading us through it. And so I'm like, whoa, this is this is just a bizarre time. But we need to get to to what we, you know, I, I want I want to take a moment and just say me personally, I've been after the shooting here in Tennessee that happened at this church kind of caught me off guard and affected me more than I thought. Uh, I, sometimes I feel like I'm a callous person. Sometimes I feel like uh, I'm a uh, I use logic and go, well, I don't people. I, there's people all over the world dying. So why am I am I being emotional just for emotion? you know, emotional sake. Like there, there, there are people that are hurting and being shot and killed and uh, sold into slavery and, and uh, you know, being molested and hurt all, all over the world. And I don't do much about it. And so I don't want to make it like, Oh man, because yeah. it hit, you know, it was within a few miles of me. I, I, now I'm really emotional. I, I don't like that feeling at all, but this is just so crazy that I we're, we're in a time right now where we don't, Aaron and I were talking about this before. Definitions are are becoming more and more uh, vague, and people are trying to cling to something and call something something like, "Is this guy a terrorist, or is this guy just a a, a crazy person, or does he have a mental disorder, or, or had a mental disorder, or what what's going on?" And all these things, and I feel like we too quickly maybe try to search for answers and just go, golly, this is awful. Like we, yeah. like I, I do some of this with true man, which true man is coming up. Uh, sorry to do an ad right here, but you come do true man experience.com. That felt really shitty. Don't go to true man experience.com. <laughs> Don't even go. I feel terrible. Even throwing in an ad there. Toby just quit. But, <laughs> he quit. I just quit. quit. True man. <laughs> well, it feels like a rotten time to do it. No, I understand. Don't, I understand. Don't go. But the reason I even brought that up is because we talk about certain things like this and who we are and our identity in this life. 
And I, I just feel like right now we really, the, the point I was trying to make is we don't have a time to mourn. Like right now, we're seriously immediately moved to, yes, this is bad. So let's figure out gun control right. or let's figure out safety issues or let's, let's figure out, is this a terrorist attack or not? Like all these things when literally, so we don't even know the entire number, like to just now. And, and we're rising. recording this, when this, going up. When, when this comes up, when this, when this episode comes out. You folks that are listening right now probably will know a different number than we know right now. But right now, it's 50 with 400 injuries. It's over 500 now. It's over yeah. 500 yeah. injuries right now. And I'm just like, I, I mean, I just got to need a moment just to feel really terrible and sad and awful. Like, yeah. I really need that. Like, I need to have a little bit of mourning where, oh, my gosh, this is awful. And I feel like with social media and with everything, we're just moving so quickly that we don't even have time to do that. Like, I just, I mean, can you imagine... Tons of these people were very young folks, kids yeah. almost. Some are kids. And then you have like uh, one, one guy posted, uh, it, it was uh, his coworker was there, and it, uh, the the coworker and his wife were there, and his wife got shot and he died in, her, in his arms. Oh my God. And I was just like, you got to be, I just can't. I mean, imagine if Jess and I went for a Vegas vacation and now she's dead, or I was like, just trying to watch a country music, like it's just, I just want to be able to be really sad for a little while and realize that these are humans that lost their life. You might have agreed with their lifestyle or not, or whatever it might have been or whatever, but like one man changed everything. Like this, this is infamy. You know what I mean? Like this, this guy will be famous forever because he, this thing that happened is just insane. And I feel like we can't even do that hardly. I feel like the world moves so fast now through social media that we don't even have time to mourn. Like, I feel like I don't, I don't, I mean, we're going to move past the death. You got to start defending your positions immediately. Exactly. Like immediately. You, it, it's it's crazy. I've been on Twitter all day, and it's it's getting, so getting easy to do. I'll be I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? I think we're no, right. no. Oh, I was okay. just saying I was on Twitter all day arguing with people, and I'm like, I can't can't believe that we're even like, what are we arguing about? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It, well, it's just weird. Well, I I mean, I I definitely caught myself. I was going to go to Twitter and say something. Um, I don't I don't remember if it was going to be somewhat political or just something in honor of all the victims but i just realized uh that's about me you know i i'm getting up in the morning and i'm hearing about this news pretty early and it's almost like oh man uh, point you know point the finger at me it was a weird feeling i was just like no i'm not gonna put anything on social media i'll be honest with with what i have seen uh of footage and just hearing how everything went down i know this sounds a little too mechanical, especially when there's a lot of lives that have been lost. I'm surprised this stuff doesn't happen more often. Like I'm, all, I, mm-hmm. I, and and maybe that's me like too. That, I may, totally agree. With maybe you. that's like the negative, depressing side of me. But the fact that all someone needs to do is find a way to get near a big crowd and have an automatic gun, I just am stunned it doesn't happen more often. This sounds crazy, and this will just show you how and where my mind will go. I have been blown away. Well, this is that's a terrible. I I have been shocked. <laughs> totally screwed. I know. I know. Seriously, I can't say anything right today. This is really bad. But I've been shocked that something hasn't happened at like an NFL football game. Yeah, like yeah. somebody stole a plane and rammed it into this. You know, I mean, I'm just shocked that. There hasn't been something even worse than this. Like I'm, I'm agreeing with what you were saying, Joey. Like we live in a time where it almost seems inevitable that something like this is going to happen and even worse. Right? You know what I mean? Like we, we just kind of waiting around for. It. And there's always been just really bad stuff that happened. But like I, I was talking with Jess uh, this morning about. It. I mean, like 
Think about this. I mean, you, you know, right now everybody's immediately rushing to gun issues and safety issues and all this stuff. But I mean, even it's it's always happened. Think about Abraham Lincoln. He was assassinated. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can you can evil will persist and keep moving and trying to hurt people and hurt our society and hurt culture and hurt the world. And it's just it it really is kind of scary. I guess that's where I where I was at. It's like, man, this is awful. I feel so terrible and miserable. And I just, my heart breaks for these people that were trying to have a fun night in Vegas. And this happened. Like yeah. some of the video is horrific. I don't know if y'all have seen the video. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have watched it. I wish I would not have watched it. Why? I won't even go into detail because it's one of those things where it's never going to leave my mind. I just saw people running and heard shots. And gotcha. I, I recommend not watching it because it's something that's never going to leave my mind. And it's just so awful seeing people realizing i might die right like that that the facial expressions the 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 running the the noise the sounds everything was just it just felt so empty and awful yeah and 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 i mean everybody is trying to find an answer and i understand that but i mean that's that's the thing that is is tough for me right now it's like man today should just be a day of mourning well Well, we we can save some of the other stuff for later right like i mean does it have i mean people are dead right now do you have to think about all this other stuff right now, like, I mean, of course we're going to get there. And of course we need to make changes and of course all this stuff. But I mean, it, it feels like such a callous statement to me and unloving statement and and no grace at all to say, see, that's why we got to have gun control or see, right. this, this is what you got to call it like that. Just, wait a minute. Somebody died. Right. Not somebody. Unbelievable amounts of people. The worst amount of people ever. I mean, the biggest, largest amount of people ever. Yeah. That died. The worst thing in, in American history. Yeah. Imagine. Uh, uh, so. For people that are having a hard time maybe understanding what Toby is saying, like, like, wh- why does that matter? I mean, think about uh, a friend of yours that loses her husband in a car accident and the other driver was a drunk driver and you go to the hospital and you put your arms around this woman and say, we've got to do something about drunk drivers. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, mean, seriously, yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a great point, Joe. You're exactly right. Like, if you went to somebody and go, "Hey, let me tell you, man, we we're gonna really crack down on drunk driving." Sorry, your husband died. Like, uh, uh, that would feel so callous and empty because it is. Yeah. Like people died. They actually died. And uh, the next question I wanted to ask you guys, and and it is also I, I listen to a lot of like uh you know ESPN sportscasters. I love Colin Coward, all this stuff. And I was thinking today, they have to keep going. They have to keep talking about sports and all this stuff. Just like right now, we have to keep going. And this is our podcast. And we have sponsors. And I'm going to tell you about a sponsor right now that we love. But I'll be honest. It it feels awkward sometimes saying I'm trying, you know, we we have to keep moving with this podcast. And fortunately for us, we have great sponsorships that we really believe in. So I feel like this is just as much a part of the podcast as everything else. But it's feels bizarre in a day like this to keep moving on like we started with cutting up and having fun and and acting crazy and we have aaron here and stuff i I, in a minute what i want to ask you guys is what is too soon like can we even move on joey especially i want to ask you a question you mentioned to me before the podcast about a dj that was was making jokes today about the shooting so let me do this this uh real quick and and then we'll keep moving on you want to look good in your underwear and be comfortable, right? But that perfect balance is hard to find. Don't sacrifice style or comfort. Check out MeUndies.com and find the best pair of underwear in the world. And that's true. And, and like I said, this is 
a company that we love and have worked with for a long time because they're awesome. I am wearing MeUndies right now because they're just that good. MeUndies will be the most comfortable pair of underwear you will own. They are for me. Made from a sustainably sourced, naturally naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton. And I believe that. I mean, it's crazy. I, I mean, I was blown away. I was, man, this feels so good against my skin. It's amazing. Ultimate feel-good undies for when you want to feel naked but not be naked. <laughs> for the fellas, Me Undies diamond-seamed pouch cradles your jewels and gives your stuff the support it needs without feeling too tight. And ladies, you will love the soft, eco-friendly fabric. So soft and touchable. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. They guarantee you will love your undies or your money back. So let me tell you about this. Right now, MeUndies has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first pair and free shipping. And MeUndies is so sure you'll love their underwear. They even offer 100% satisfaction guarantee. You you order a pair, and if you don't love your first pair, get a full refund. But I'm telling you, I love mine. I have two or three pairs, and they're amazing. Uh, this is a no-brainer to try. 20% off, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. What are you waiting for? Trust me. MeUndies.com slash badchristian. That's MeUndies.com slash Bad Christian. This is a limited offer, so what are you waiting for? Start wearing the best underwear of your life. It's changed my life. I mean, I, I it's crazy when I look at myself in the mirror wearing MeUndies. I kind of look pretty good. It's time to let MeUndies change yours. Go to MeUndies.com slash Bad Christian right now. So, my question to you guys is, just like that, like I, we, so, MeUndies supports us. We support them. It's a great partnership, and I feel somewhat awkward like am I, uh should i only be talking about this shooting should i only be doing that like it's a bizarre time and joey you were saying before uh before we did the podcast there was a dj that immediately made a joke and my initial reaction was well it's their job they have mm -hmm. to they, i mean they have to do this is what they're doing there are steel workers that are doing their job today there are sportscasters there are all these people that are moving on and have to keep doing their job and i wonder like i mean Sometimes we we question that, but anyway, what, what well, I want to go into too is about. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, it sounds like you're talking about doing your job and doing it effectively, and people being pleased with the product. I mean, I I think the and you know you, you need to check your heart if you go in the direction in a time like this just to appease everybody. But I think someone who's usually trippy and bouncing off the walls, saying jokes and everything. I think someone like that that gets serious is pretty entertaining. It's like, whoa, I've never heard him talk like this. Like, what? what's one of the most common scenes of television for our parents' generation is Walter Cronkite taking his glasses off when he announced that the president had died. So I think those sorts of things are effective in media. Uh, now, with that said, yeah, what what just surprised me, and I do, I want to practice what we preach here. What I'm about to describe, there could be many explanations, and I'm not going to judge these DJs by two minutes of listening to them on the radio station. I don't listen to the radio. I don't know who these people were, and it very well could have been something where their manager called them right after the segment, like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, you, you can't be this lighthearted about this, and then they, they're kicking themselves saying, oh my gosh, didn't even think about that. But what, what it was is they were talking about this, 
and they had wait a, was so was this just a morning like it was, it was a local local okay. local radio i knew what was going on and so i really wanted to listen to the radio on the way to work yeah. and just really you know hear hear more details hear how things were unfolding and i mean just imagine two dj's very lighthearted tripping on each other while they are talking about this so i mean it's kind of one of those yeah, so it looks like there's over 50 people dead, and uh, what are you chewing on, man? Like, you got a pencil in your hand? Leave me alone. Okay, yeah, so it's 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 happening right now in uh, Las Vegas. Many people have lost their lives. Apparently, yeah. and, and this the other the pencil thing was an example I just made up, but they actually said something like, apparently, there's a possible accomplice uh, to this murder, a uh, young. Asian woman. So basically, a white trash bitch <laughs> is uh, is out and about. So you may need to keep your eyes open. Okay. Well, this is one hundred two point five. I was like, what in the hell did I just listen to? And Toby, you and I have talked uh, with with Matt many a times on, and I'm sure this is something y'all have talked to Aaron about with his, uh, especially being a. Uh, 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 early stage. Com- can I call you an early stage uh, stand-up Ooh. comedian? Do you, do you think I, of yourself as a stand-up comic? No. Well, I no. I, I don't. Do. Yeah, yeah. Kind he's of do. You he's kind of do. Yeah, I've kind, done it. Being done a it. being a world premiere uh, stand-up comedian as oh. you know, top ten for sure. No, but we've talked about is <laughs> is it always okay to joke? And I I'm starting to understand what Toby is saying and and how I would use Toby or how I would put into words what what I think Toby is saying. You can find an appropriate way to joke about mm-hmm. anything, and I agree and with pretty that. much there'd probably be an inappropriate way to joke about anything. So you know you can't just take subject matter and yeah. say there is no way anyone could make a joke about that and it be appropriate, but. I definitely am okay with saying that their tone this morning was very insensitive, and I don't think it was the time for joking. It just well, it seemed, sound, what? It sounds like to me the jokes just weren't funny, right? Right. So that should be an indication that, you know, it, like that the way you described it, it sounds like oh, that's just not funny. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not. It, it might be possible, like comedians. You know, they they say some crazy stuff, and you don't know right. when the right time is or whatever. But like the really good comedians, they're able to say the thing that nobody thinks you can say and make it funny. Now, I don't know if it's possible to make jokes about the Vegas shooting four hours after it happens. That doesn't seem like it'd be if you could do it, then okay. what does okay mean? Of course, they should be able to do it. They're going to get backlash, but there's probably no way to make a good joke about it. And because of where they're coming from, like, all right, when Tim, my friend Tim killed himself, the next day we were making jokes about it. But that was like a coping thing. Right. right. That was we were close to right. it. It, We weren't going to offend anybody. So, like, I, I don't think joking or comedy should come from a place of trying to be mean or insensitive. Yeah. It has to be saying something true. One hundred percent. Yes. So, I, like, I, you yeah. can make a 9-11 joke. Right. But I hear them all the time at, at open mics. Yeah, yeah. Like tons of 9-11 jokes. I tried to make a 9-11 joke a couple weeks ago sitting at the cigar shop and I like really offended somebody. And you I was did? Like, yeah, yeah. He what, got was, really what was the offended. joke? What was it, the nature? It was not, uh, it, Just tell us. Uh, oh, God. Hey, our listeners I, I, for the most part already hate you. So just. Yeah, go. that's yeah. true. No, we're. <laughs> 
it's bad. I kind of don't like. I felt bad afterwards. No, like, I, I don't know I, if I, I should say. That. Okay, I respect. I, no, okay, I'll okay, tell you. I'll tell you. I'm not if, trying if to be. If you're yeah. saying it in the context of you questioned it, that, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty valid. Then. No, that, yeah, I mean, he like he made it known like, hey, that's not that cool of a joke. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to do that. So you were sitting with some friends. There's a photographer, and he does this thing every year in Nashville where he goes with these firefighters, and they like go up and down these stairs. The amount of times that the firefighters went into the building in 9 11. Okay. Like it's like it takes forever, you know. He yeah. takes pictures with them. <laughs> oh, this is so bad. And we're just sitting there, and I and I said, "Did uh, do you, does the building fall down at the end of it?" Oh God! And <laughs> I don't want to. I knew I was worried. That's, right. Right. That's rough, right? But we're sitting on a patio, and <laughs> you know, this is all no, but. But 9-11 happened 17 years ago or whatever it was, right? And of course... And you're just hanging out, making a joke. Yeah, like, Like, I'd I'd make that joke with you if we were to sit around. And you know what? Fuck you guys. Credit to me for even saying that on air. I agree. But I'm admitting that, like, hey, in that moment, he got really offended and he... You know, new people that were affected by right. 9-11 and stuff. And I was like, man, I f- okay, I feel bad. I apologize. Right. I was like, I'm really sorry. Well, he, here's... So, now, what was his reaction, though? Did he... His reaction was just, like, kind of, like... He kind of made me feel bad at first. And then he... He was not mad. I still see him all the time. Yeah. Not, like, perpetually right, mad right. about it. But he, he was like, that's that's kind of a fucked up joke, man. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean it. I obviously don't want firefighters to die. But so that long after that, and I tried to make a 9-11 joke and it bombed to a audience of one. Right. <laughs> so you have to you accept those consequences, I get. Like, those DJs are probably going to get a lot of shit for that. Like, right. And it, but it's because you can't say, like, no, too, I don't believe in too soon, but you better make it work. Right. You know, it better be a good joke. Like, how, how does Louis C.K. get away with saying the N-word? I, I don't know. know. I know. But he does it, and nobody calls him out for it except for idiots. Right. But, like, no black comedians are like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like, right. he does it in a way that just works. Well, I mean, here, it's interesting a- because, but well, here's what I was going to say about that. What's interesting about that is your audience in that moment was offended. Yeah. But if you'd have had a different audience, well, like, they, are, they, there know, are people listening right now yeah. that understood that joke. Yes. Now, here, here's the real danger of it. It isn't an indictment that you are callous, mean, hateful, uh, racist, uh, uh, you yeah. know, uh, homophobic, transphobic, whatever the, that is. Telling a joke, w- the way you started this, and I totally agree with it, it might be a bad joke. Yeah, yeah. It might not be funny. Right. It, it exactly. might not be the, the best joke, whatever. That should not entail that you are all these other things. Yeah. Well, like, do you know who Pete Davidson is from SNL? Yeah. He's like the young guy. His right. dad died in 9-11. And I saw him on the roast of Bieber, I think. Yeah. It was the Bieber roast. And all the comedians were making jokes about his 9-11. He was, he was laughing his ass off about right. it because they were good jokes. He made a really good joke about how he's like, uh, Justin Bieber, I met your dad, uh, which made me glad that my dad, you know, didn't live to have to raise me or something like that. Like, oh, if gosh. that's what dads right. are. <laughs> Well, I'll, like I'll that. tell so you, there's I'll, a lot of room for that stuff, but I I'll don't tell know. you an inappropriate joke I made. Okay, okay. Come on. So if you if you're being that honest, Joey, did you ever? Ma- You've never made an inappropriate joke, right? The, uh, not jo- the, here's the one. I'll tell I'll tell people your joke first that was the most inappropriate and shocked us. But Joey, when we were in college, uh, there was a a nice lady that uh, worked at <laughs> in the cafeteria. 
and Joey went up to her. We made now, him. Let, we like, let, let like, me hey, tell the it. story correctly. Yeah, go ahead. Go to- ahead. Toby basically said, like, I'm talking to someone, and Toby comes up to my ear and really abrasively says, hey, Joey, stand up and shout to that lady down there that Halloween was six months ago. And so... Me being the trippy person that I am, I immediately stand up and I don't even know who he didn't I'm, even see the lady. I don't even know who I'm talking to, and I was like, Halloween was six months ago. <clears throat> I sit down, and the like half of the cafeteria is perfectly quiet. You could hear a pin drop. <laughs> Some people have their heads down, laughing. There were professors <laughs> looking at me, shaking their heads, laughing, and then you had a bunch of people like with their mouths just wide open. They could not believe what they just saw. I ha- I was an RA, so I was supposed oh, to God. be in a leadership position, and some of my residents were looking at me like, that's a badass RA right there. And I turned to Toby, and I was like, what just happened? Why'd you tell me to say that? <laughs> Toby? And why, did, and why did I tell you? Because, because Toby saw a, a super... Super old elderly woman walking in the cafeteria with like an orange winter hat and a black trench coat. <laughs> I mean, it was so Holy awful. Shit. He didn't even see it. So he stood up, yelled at that, and this poor old lady. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, oh shit. What, what did I do? Oh, what my did I God. do? Oh, man. Hey, that. And, that, and I think, really, to, Toby, I don't know if God. you were just trying to make the story better when you told me this, but you said that she like turned and looked at me and then kind of put her head down and like she did sluggishly yes. walked away. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, just some college kid making fun of her clothing outfit. So, so I, I, I'm sorry. Hold on. But I made this joke, Aaron and, no, and you right. guys. I, I made this joke, I think, on the bus or something like that. But like I, I made the joke, Devin and Matt's mom both passed away within the last year. And I made the joke, man, I can't even like say I, I had sex with your mom jokes anymore. Uh, you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like those jokes. Like I, I, the joke was that I made to them is that because their moms died, that sucks for me because I can't make a joke. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I had sex with your mom. Or, yeah, you, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know how people that was a silly premise. But then I was like, well, that kind of sucks. Like maybe I, they weren't offended and they were close, That which is what I was going to say. There is something to be said for knowing the moment and what that is. For example. Yeah. yeah. There, there easily could be today a family member whose mother was shot, and they make a joke to the rest of the family. Well, mom did love her country music. She, you know, she she yes. would die to see uh, Jason Aldean or whatever. You know I, what I mean? Like that. It, some well, people are just built. I, I wouldn't. I, I have such a weird like death and funerals and stuff like that make me really uncomfortable. I I can't not joke. What when, what when is that personal though? to me? Yeah, is that's it because me, it's so want, heavy. Yeah, it's too heavy. I I want to shut out the actual pain. <laughs> Sounds like a new metal song or something. No, I understand that. Like, but I don't want to. Um. So, and honestly, when things like this in Vegas happen, I really keep my emotions away from it because I don't want to feel that pain. Cassie watches This Is Us and Parenthood. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you watch? How can you watch those shows? Why do you want to feel that pain? I know. And I just ignore it and I make fun of it and I. I write it off because, like, right. now I have kids, and so I'm like, I can't handle those shows. What, what, what well, are we talking about? Right. Here? Well, so. here's here's one thing that I, I feel gets diminished and is not uh, understood enough. Why would you think humor isn't the same as sobbing or crying or feeling emotional or sad? Like, like it, it's almost as if it it is callous and uncaring yeah. when it it is right there, thinking about the moment, 
thinking about the situation, maybe even more uh, clearly in a way, or, yeah. or, or observing the moment way more. Like that—that's the biggest thing about comedy is it observes and yes. then states something that you might not have picked up on or whatever. That's kind of like to me, humor in most ways, like is, is a coping mechanism. The same as, you know, sadness yeah. or feeling terrible. Well, I've started having these. I'm not, I feel goofy talking about, I talk to other comics in town, yeah. but I've tried to start having these conversations with comedians. Like I, I had a joke I wanted to do about uh, retards and I asked, I was like, can you, can you do retard jokes here? Like, how will that go over? And they're like, you can, you just gotta, you can't punch down, you know? Right. You can't be making fun of a mentally disabled person. You have to figure out to either make you're got to be making fun of yourself or making fun of a situation. And then I, I have a bit about uh, being a gay kid, you know, yeah. I'm not making fun of gay people. Right. I'm making fun of a life experience that I had uh, right. as being called a gay that's, kid by and some other classmates. You're making so it personal. Yeah. There's a way, there's this way to do it. And, and it's very difficult and you gotta be, you know, you gotta be sensitive to the room. You don't want to tell a bad joke. Well, like that's what DJs. a lot of. Why would they do that? Why would they just tell shitty jokes like that? Yeah, that that just feels it's like not, it's trying to fill. That's time. shock jock, it, right? That's not. It's right. not funny. It's not smart, it, right? And yes. it is. It's, it's not intelligent or like no. an intelligence joke, like a joke that's told intelligently and thoughtfully. It should be considered a little bit more, but but I mean at the same time, don't we live in this society where you it doesn't matter? Like as soon as you say something, no matter what, it's either it's just what people want and what they want to hear. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what's so tough about it. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, I, I want to tell a story about Toby here, too. And I think it's a perfect example of how you can make jokes about anything if it's done in the right way. But I think what a lot of people have a problem with is they think of the subject matter and they say, no way you can make jokes about the subject matter. But oftentimes you're not you're not you're taking the subject matter and you're being lighthearted about something totally not directly linked to it, and that's what makes it funny. I know that made no sense, so let me give you an example. Uh, back in, oh, 97, I think it was, Toby and I and a group of friends saw Saving Private Ryan in a movie theater. And so if you haven't seen that movie, it's very grueling, emotionally You're draining. You're just going to make me look terrible today. I just, I mean, I've I've blown today's episode. You want me, me to stop? No, because I, I don't want it, you to. I, I, I'm going to have your back. I got to hear it. I don't back. want anybody to think I'm a good person. Right. I, I'm going to have your back. So there's not one person. Well, I'm not going to say that. No, no one social. It's not going to be socially acceptable for people to be like, remember when the soldiers, you know, stormed the banks of Normandy? I mean, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I mean, ha, ha, ha. No, that's not funny. Right. There were. No, everybody's leaving the the movie and it's in, almost in silence. Like right. that movie was so powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so no, heavy. No one finds death at the hands of, of war like, uh, ha, ha, this is a great right. time to tell jokes. But Toby, as people stand up, the theater is perfectly quiet and it is jam packed because it's a new movie. Toby stands up, turns around because we were sitting near the front and he said, Wait, everybody, don't you know about the blooper clips? <laughs> <laughs> and I just to was like, audience. I cannot no. believe what I just heard. Oh and so he, here's, here's where I will have Toby's back. Oh. Is, everybody will be so quick to say, I cannot believe you made fun of the lives of so many people. No, that gave. no Toby 
yeah. made a comment that was so bizarre and outrageous. <laughs> if you took him, if he was being serious, he deserves to get his ass kicked. But if you have any sort of common sense, you know this guy is making a joke about and making a very bizarre statement that's so bizarre and so outlandish and so socially unacceptable. It's hilarious. That's what I mean, was funny about it. It's really funny now. I can't. I mean, I, I remember seeing it in theaters the week it came out. I was in ninth grade, and I remember at the end of the movie, it was just like, right, quiet, right, like every. Uh, and so at, totally. y'all were in South Carolina, right? Same thing, quiet. Yeah. I can't imagine what would have happened if somebody would have said. But I mean, that is kind of brilliant. You're not making fun of the soldiers. You're right. making fun of the idea of a blooper reel right. after a, a war movie is a funny a funny image to have. So, now, I, um, I will say this: wow. that when I was a kid. Um, it was very social. Well, I mean, it's it's so crazy. Like uh, my mom has a story <laughs> of slipping up and saying the N word in front of a black Wait, woman. Wait, hold on. Uh, she oh. slipped up, huh? Well, no. Most she, people, no, most no, no, people no, no, wouldn't give on. your mom the bit. I know you got to really explain that. Okay. Though. Most people wouldn't give you the benefit of the doubt that she never said. Oh, I see it what before you're saying. I see what you're saying. You know what it I mean? was it was in front of a black woman that she really loved. So. That slipped out because she would have never said it in front of her. That doesn't make my mom a great what person. What is it? What, okay, well, slipped you, out like she. She meant called to say bigger. Uh, she called her brother that. Oh, and, okay. and the point I'm trying to make is back in the '60s, that was, I mean, grotesquely acceptable. Just like it was acceptable <clears throat> for the three of us to run around in the backyard and say, "I'm going to tackle you," and then call him the f word, faggot. Right. So that that yeah. was socially acceptable. What I find so interesting is that in that same time period, which we're talking the 80s, I remember when the Challenger blew up. And for the, you youngsters, that was, I think, 1986 in January. There were seven astronauts. One of them was a teacher, and it was the first time a teacher ever goes to space. Something happened with the shuttle, and it blew up, and they all died. Immediately, there were jokes. And... and it was almost like, no, this is just what you do. But me, obviously, being a Christian, legalistic, condemning sort of, I was just like, this is absolutely horrible. Would, would have never chimed in. But it seems like that is that is another symptom of political correctness. But I would say in our favor that we don't just run and make jokes about that stuff and everything is okay. I mean, did y'all... Did y'all hear the what does NASA stand for? Need another seven astronauts? Did y'all hear that when y'all were kids? Oh, yeah. Now, I was three years old when that I happened, mean, so I don't remember I, it. But. It was, I, I mean, I could tell you three or four more Challenger blowing up jokes. And it's because they stuck out in my mind. And I just think it's, that is kind of neat that that stuff is not good anymore. I think yeah. that's progress. I, I remember there was a great. On the office, Michael Scott, yeah. he was talking about uh, making joke. There was an episode where they were trying to tell him he couldn't joke about stuff. He's like, can't joke about anything. And then he was saying how he's like, you know, uh, Lincoln and Kennedy jokes just became okay. Um, you know, uh, terrorists. I don't know. We'll see. Balls in their court. <laughs> that was like in two. That was like in two thousand three. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. He, and he. he was, that character is like they wrote it in like a guy like Michael Scott's just waiting until he can make jokes about terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> which that was brilliant though. Like the way they did it, because they filtered it through this character uh, who is obtuse and an idiot. Right. And makes inappropriate jokes all the time. So I don't know. I, 
I don't think we should destroy those DJs. I hope that their life doesn't get destroyed over right. it. And, right. So I, like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want people to understand what we're saying here and be clear about it. What I'm saying, what I am saying is I think like you mentioned this, is there such a thing as too soon or what does that mean? And when, when somebody is offended by a joke, it is about them. It's not about that person. So yeah. those DJs, even if they made a bad joke, then the, the answer should be, man, they made a really dumb joke. Yeah. It's, like you said, it's not intelligent. It's not smart. It's not, it's not thoughtful. It's not any of those things. I think like somebody like Louis C.K. really thought about his joke and what it might mean and, and yes. what, it's, uh, 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 what he's trying to say clearly. When he when he when he when he does his his bits or whatever, I'm I'm gonna be at an open mic night tomorrow night with a bunch of comedians. I don't think anybody's gonna have any Vegas jokes. Like I don't think that'll happen. Right. I don't think anybody is gonna come up with anything worthy. I, I'm not. I don't have anything. Yeah. I haven't even thought like, oh, how do I come up with a Vegas joke for tomorrow night? So, I don't know. I, even could so, you think but, of one? Do you think you sat down hard? Could you think of well, one? Well, well, that's the thing. What I guess once again, what I'm going to is if something were to come to your mind, like like when Joe was talking about the Saving Private Ryan thing, yeah, that popped into my head. Yep, and so I did that for my friends, and uh-huh. my, my my audience was my friends who know me. So I knew no matter what, even nobody was going to be super offended or hurt yep. or whatever, and I didn't give a shit about the rest of the. A movie audience I didn't care I knew Joey would go oh my gosh I can't believe he did that the same way as I coerced him into making fun of an elderly lady <laughs> for, wearing, for wearing orange and black <laughs> months after <laughs> after well, Halloween I, I don't know I don't I guess I don't think there's anybody brilliant enough in our comedy open mic scene in Nashville that's gonna come up with something that could work maybe right. maybe Dave Chappelle thought of something today that Right, <laughs> that could work tomorrow. Right, I don't know. But, but but that's my point too, though. Just like us, I mean, and anybody, I mean, you have to keep moving. I mean, Saturday, oh, sure, yeah. Saturday Night Live might come up with something, or it, it might be. Oh, they might. Yeah. You know, you're, what I'm saying is, their job is to talk about culture and uh, you know events that have happened in the previous yes. week or whatever. Yeah. So it might be a joke about Donald Trump. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or could, what, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? But but what I'm saying is. I don't think that means they're terrible people or they're right. awful or they're horrible. We well, remember after 9-11, it was like a big deal because all the late night shows went off the air for a few days. It was the weekend or what? it was on a Friday, right. right? So there was no late night shows. And then Letterman came back. 9-11, you said? It, yeah, yeah. After 9-11. Oh, wait, you're right. Sorry. Tuesday. So at whatever point, I don't remember how many days after um, Letterman went on air. And I, I've heard comedians talk about this like they felt like okay it, we can be yeah. funny again because letterman went on he did what he's in new york yeah, and he was that. able to be funny somehow and it was like this like amazing moment in culture and comedy right like and then every all the comedy clubs open back you know yeah and I, let's I, but and that, let's but, let's ask this question too like is there ever i mean at the very least is there ever a bad time to laugh and, no of no. course not like yeah. not not if uh, if it's insensitive and you're like I don't give a shit I'll, I'm gonna laugh at this funeral. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying for yeah. for a person personally, physiologically, is it ever bad to laugh? And I'd say no. I mean, if well, if if I was able to laugh in the midst of a tragedy, that's that's probably a good thing. And laughing good. Well, uh, 
okay. I, w- I want to say this and, and it, let me, uh, okay. One of my best friends in high school and college and still to this day, his dad passed away. And I'm going to tell you the story in just a, just a second. Cause it, it shaped the way I view humor completely. It changed the way I view humor. Guys, if you hadn't heard me talking about Casper, then you'd living under a rock. Cause I talk about him all the time, not just on the podcast, but in my personal life, whenever the topic comes up about sleep, because you know, sleep's a pretty important thing. You spend, I don't know. I spend about seven and a half hours a night doing it. And I just, you know, there's other things I do on my bed, to be honest, that's outside of those seven and a half hours. So your mattress is an important thing, a very important thing. And mine is a Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that created an outrageously comfortable mattress and they sell it directly to consumers, which is totally the way to go. They have eliminated the commission driven, inflated prices, all that stuff. And how about driving to a showroom? Those, they're always, those aren't, fun places to be really so it's an award-winning sleep surface that was developed in-house it has a sleek design and it's delivered in a small uh you know how do they do that size box it's very impressive it's really fun thing to unbox in addition they also have adaptive pillows and soft breathable sheets it's great stuff the thing is so convenient and it's risk-free that's one of the things you have to take into consideration here risk-free They offer free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. And if you don't love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. So you've got to check it out. I know you've been thinking about it because, again, I know you've heard me talk about this. And now you've started to finally realize that your mattress ain't that great. Well, let's step up to a Casper, okay? It's an affordable price because they sell direct to the consumers, 100-night free trial. You know, I'm, I'm telling you all this stuff about it, but just let's go ahead and let's go ahead and move on this Casper, everybody. Uh, so here's the cool thing about it. So you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash bcpod and use the promo code bcpod at checkout. I'm going to tell you that one more time. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash bcpod and using the promo code bcpod at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. See, good job, Toby. And I want to say something real quick. Okay. Because there is that... There are those people who say... Man, I can't believe y'all are doing ads like in, in this, right? Some people, some idiots, right? Yeah. Boy, like your kids don't get to eat because some asshole killed fifty people, right? You know what I mean, right? So that's great. I it, that'd be hard for me to do. Like, well, I know it's right. hard to go and read, you know, about a product one hundred percent in the middle of what we're right. talking about. But you, well, that's what are you what, gonna that, do? That's kind of one of the things I was bringing up. What you know, who didn't go to work today, right? Because yeah, of the yeah. shooting, like what, what, yeah. what do you have to do? that means like you actually care. Like I do have to provide for our family. We do a podcast that people are counting on. Uh, we work with, you know, people that sponsors and it's not and just people, you. It's right. lots of right. other people. 100%. So. Exactly the same way as, uh, you know, being in a band, like we had, to, it didn't matter if you're sick or whatever, you got to keep going. You got to keep moving. And if something unbelievable happens, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to stop. And if you don't, the terrorists are the ones that win. <laughs> <laughs> Joey doesn't. Joey doesn't like that joke. You made Joey mad. Uh, did I? Was that not a successful joke? What about a little damn news? Can we do a little damn news? Yeah. Well, hey, before we do that, I do want to say, 
call me the the dummy that would say something like this, but I think it goes without saying that really is tragic. And as much as our hearts that are very removed from the situation, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we don't know these people. We don't know these people uh, people's families. Yeah, this kind of stuff does affect just our thoughts. Uh, so. Yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with all these people, and I do love the byproduct of these things. I think we all feel a kindred spirit towards uh, fellow humans. And speaking of humans, want to thank these humans for being kindred spirits with the Bad Christian Podcast by joining the BC Club, and that is Jordan Blair, Tim Gonzalez, Aaron Brown, Alasdair Belling, Donnie Barms, and this this one's a foreigner. There's obviously uh, this foreigner's middle name. Uh, it's got like a little symbol in there. Do they that, call them foreigners. Yeah, this foreigner. <laughs> this feels weird. Yeah, the for, well, the foreigner's name. There's like a little emblem in the middle name, and I don't even know what it is. So I'm gonna. So tr- this is a person, a person from another country. Yes, yes, foreign to us. Uh, okay, Christian Scott. Polson. So it's the middle name is an S, a K, a J, an O with a diagonal line going through it and two T's. So thank you, uh, Christian, especially being a foreigner as yourself supporting uh, this podcast. And then Aust- I love that band, Foreigner. Yeah. Austin Hearth, Nathan Miller, James Pitcher, and Bryce Burnett. It's really cool to see this community right. growing. They went to bcclub.com. So thank you guys. One hundred percent. I tell you, it's really cool. The BC Club, like on the Facebook page, I, I am always on it. And sometimes they talk shit about our podcast. Sometimes they say <laughs> unbelievable things that are amazing. So, and then eighty uh, percent of the times they talk shit about Aaron Lunsford just for some reason. <laughs> oh God, yeah. they love I, hating you. I need to start a fake profile and go. <laughs> How many there. people you think on Earth hate you? Most. <laughs> <laughs> Given no, the opportunity. Uh, I don't, ah, man, I don't understand. I really, all right, look, I know you can say, what do you mean you don't understand? I think I am one of the most reasonable, reasonable, logical, principled I mean, somebody would say, of course, you think that about yourself. But, (laughs) all right, argue with me. Argue with me about, what what do you not like? Take a stance that somebody would take. Uh, No, I I, I was talking to you before this podcast, and I was thinking, most people think, like, you're our bad friend. (laughs) Like, we we really (laughs) like you, and you're fun, but, like, you're the evil guy. But I agree with you. The reason here's the thing: most things you say are logical and well thought out. I do believe that, but it probably comes across as antagonistic to the audience that we have. Yeah, that's because people you know lack I mean? critical thinking. I, you could say that. You can say they that. they do. People as a whole, I think, lack critical thinking. They can't hear what you you were saying or read what you were saying and analyze it. They get triggered by one little thing. Here or there, and don't take being into triggered account. is a big thing in this day and age. Oh, I, I mean, huge. it's just like ready to an, annihilate somebody or or put them down. So if, uh, you, and, if you don't uh, like me, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but well, here's what I'll say though: it is isn't it a strange time we live in where that that whole triggered mentality is? I'm going to shame somebody in front of other people yeah. and shut them down. Yeah, it's without weird. knowing them, I mean, you can. I well, mean, that's what I'm saying. Don't you think it, or if there are actually people in the BC Club on that page that don't like me? Do you not think if we got on the bus and we were after a show, hanging out, talking about life, talking about my kids, my wife, of and my course. struggle, you think they would hate me? No, and probably not. I mean, some of your drum beats that you've created and stuff has changed their life and meant so much. <laughs> to, I mean, seriously, I'm not even joking about that. That but devastates people whenever they. Do you, do you have something that somebody's written you that 
sticks out in your mind? That's like the one of the worst things somebody's ever said to you. Uh, anything like that? It'd be inter- not. Uh, not that it, not nothing pops to my mind. I I really think I let that I stuff mean, slide well, for the most part. I mean, part. It, you got, it got kind of crazy with the Stephanie Drury stuff. You and yeah. her went kind of back and forth. And- yeah, I don't even want to get into okay. what I was about to say. <laughs> but. All right, well, let's but get that to the was all so stupid. Let's get to the. I news. can't dialogue with people <laughs> like that. Wait, because well, she was th- on the show and she was articulate. No, nice. she wasn't. She she, she was. did a horrible job making her point. She did horrible. She was horrible. You need to have not your own beca- podcast and not because she's a girl own. or a woman or whatever. She was not a good guest. I thought that. I thought she was bad. That's interesting. I wonder what <laughs> other people think. I thought she did pretty good. Uh, okay. All right. You have to say that. No, I don't have to say that. <laughs> I don't have to say that. Uh, okay. Let's kick the music, Matt or Reva, whoever's out there. Who said God? <laughs> In a world where we just want to constantly as soon as something terrible happens make fun of it or at least pastors do like joey svenson and other pastors like this is the damn news with toby there's no there's no pastors that are going to make a, a funny joke this weekend right <laughs> i loved i listened to the podcast where y'all talking about doing stand-up a few weeks ago and i love that joey was like see i would feel the most comfortable oh i would God, for yes. sure I, I heard that i was like oh that's amazing joey would just like Take that mic and get up there and tell jokes. Because I don't care Probably. if I'm not funny. <laughs> right. No, I know. No, it's no. amazing, though. But I mean, that's such a, my friend Jay, who is a pastor, you know him. He's the yeah. same way. He's like, yeah, I'm a pastor. I could probably get up there and tell jokes. Right. Jo- Joey has an uncanny ability to let things f- float off him. Which, yeah. Except for there's a few things that hit him, and he needs to like talk to us mm-hmm. and have a conversation <laughs> with us. Like the Joey is like, like hey, hey, wait, guys. Like There's sometimes where I'll get a three-way call with Matt. All of a sudden, it's Joey calling. Hey, that's I just want to tell y'all, on the true. podcast, <laughs> this happened, and I just want to tell y'all what the way I feel. Oh, my God. And that's when I'm like, I feel kind of bad because Joey is so unaffected by things. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding. Joey lays down to do the podcast sometimes, and... <laughs> It, it's just him. Like it's amazing. Like it, like it, it's it's ama- Like things bounce off of Joey, and there is no like Joey has a an uncanny, amazing ability to things not affect his identity. There's just a few things that are kryptonite. To yeah. Get him, Toby. Is there anything significant in the news lately? Not really. <laughs> Thank you for that segue, though. Now, actually, this is a good one, and uh, I, I think this is pretty amazing. And uh, so many people sent this in to me that I can't give credit to just one person. Uh, but Matt Chandler, and this comes from Christianity Today, so you know it's legit. You know it's legit. Matt Chandler, who a lot of people like, a lot of people think is uh, one of the premier, I guess, preachers and teachers in America. Uh, he's in Texas. Matt Chandler's Village Church ends multi-site era. And, and okay, so here's where, I mean, I, I feel like one of those weird people where I can't let anybody get in, away with anything. Just this title alone makes me feel uncomfortable. Matt Chandler's, apostrophe S, Matt Chandler's showing possession Village Church. It's his church. Not, it's not, not God's Jesus. church, not Jesus, not the people. The, I mean, that, that just goes to show you the underlining tone there is, this guy's the owner, man. But this is amazing. What it, Toby? It, I don't. I'm be, I don't even know if what? we want to go here, but that's the simplest. That's the simplest way of getting a message across. What are you supposed to do? No, Matt, no, that's Matt a, that, Chandler's that's church excuse. that he has submitted to the Lord. 
I mean, just say Matt. People know what you're talking about. It's the same. Nope. It's the same thing, Toby. When you say, "Hey, we're I'm, we're going I'm to church in the morning," with you. When you when Toby Morell says, "Hey, I'm going to church in the morning," you you don't really mean that. Like you no, know the, the church, church is that not a you building. work at. You don't think you go to Greg Greg Surratt's Seacoast Church. You do not think that. You never thought that in your mind. Yes I, or no? I just think a. Have you ever thought I'm going to Greg Surratt's? Seacoast Church. Have you ever thought the church was a building in the last year? Because I've heard you say I'm going to church. No, you don't think that. You, but that's no. the easiest way of saying it. No, that's what I'm saying. The The prevalent thought is church is this thing that you own or you go to or you do, not something that you are. So that that's what I'm saying. This just is carrying on the idea that church is this guy's thing. <laughs> Or something I go to, or something I attend. It is uh, the same way as uh, I'm, I'm going to the Seahawks game, or the uh, you know Green Bay Packers yeah. game, or whatever it might be. If it I wasn't mean, true, then Crosspoint wouldn't have started to falling apart whenever Pete uh, Wilson left. Oh, I know that's true. Yeah, right. And here in Nashville, uh, Pete Wilson. What did he say? He was exhausted he or was, something he like was that. Burnt out. He was burnt out, <laughs> and then it comes out he was like his marriage. I don't was falling know. Apart yeah, he, yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, Matt Chandler's Village Church. It's not the Village Church. It's Matt Chandler's Village Church, which is probably why he's doing this. This is nothing against Matt Chandler. I'm just saying. Did he sign the Nashville statement? Yes. God bless him. He. Are you pro? <laughs> no, Nashville? I, no I'm kidding. Come okay. On. Okay. We don't have time to get into my thoughts on homosexuality. <laughs> that was such a good joke. If you didn't really, if you, if you really, no. I mean, that's sarcasm <laughs> at its peak. That's so amazing. That's really. I'm good. taking no stances. Go. <laughs> the Village Church, the multi-site Texas megachurch led by Matt Chandler, will transition from several campuses across the Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, Metroplex to individual autonomous churches within the next five years, leaving behind a multi-site model for a deeper commitment to local ministry and church planting. Village expanded to a total of six campuses since Chandler became the senior pastor 15 years ago, including one location, the Village Church Denton that spun off in 2015. And I can keep going, but basically you got all the information. They are leaving behind the multi-site uh, design and model and going to let each church uh, not be, uh, I guess, piping in Matt Chandler. So here's what's really interesting about this. Uh, I worked at Seacoast. Joey, you still work at Seacoast. And those guys, uh, Jeff Surratt is one of the guys. In the, the, I mean, Seacoast was one of the premier, if not the starter of multi-site, right, Joey? Yeah, it, it was one of the pioneers for sure. Not the first, but a pioneer that really got word out and helped equip other churches right. to do it. So I understand the model, the idea of hey, uh, let's just let's make this church a certain size, and and, and for Seacoast it was uh, the city didn't want want them to get bigger, and and so they decided hey, why, why don't we just plant churches other places, and that way we don't have to have this giant building or whatever it might be. Really good idea, but now Matt Chandler saying hey, we want you guys to be autonomous. There's no need for me to be in six locations or whatever it might be. And so my, my big question to you, Joey, you work at a multi-site campus. Yeah. Do you think, do you think this is the future? Like, I mean, do you think this is where, where church is headed? Do you think multi-site 10 years from now will, will exist? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've said before that I think multi-site will go away just because of the younger generation. They, they want the complete opposite of fake. And so 
use those lenses in this context, and it's why would we watch someone on a TV screen when we have a perfectly good campus pastor right there? Now, right. Mm-hmm. so I think big picture, like not considering all the little details, yes, this is best in general, and it will be best for the future. But I, I mean, I have definitely been doing a lot of questioning of my questioning recently when it comes to just being down on kind of how the church system is in place. And, you know, people have heard my, you know, I would say our heart about Seacoast. I mean, Toby and I both love the place. There's just a lot of things that we disagree with in general about the church structure as a whole all over the country. But I just, I, I, how can we say that it's completely wrong for a church like Seacoast to provide an avenue for 15,000 people a Sunday to hear about the gospel. Now, just that one statement right there, obviously you can pick it apart with a hundred challenges, but let's just, let's just stop there. Is it a good thing or a bad thing for 15,000 people to be able to hear an expression of the gospel message through songs or through a teacher, I think we would all say uh, that in itself is good. So I just well, I, I want to even go. Is, to, it, is there is there an example of that in the Bible? Multi site, one guy. Tr- I mean, well that that's that's a silly thing to say in my opinion. Not to why is that silly? Because uh, there's no cars either. I mean. Are we not supposed to drive cars around? There wasn't technology back in the day, so who's to say that Paul wouldn't That's say a decent hey, point? But we might be better off. It might it might not be the worst <laughs> thing if there weren't cars, though. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't mean inherently that cars are good. Yeah, I mean, so uh, another part of what I've been thinking is the crowds that followed Jesus around. Let's just speculate right now, but I think you can make a pretty good case for the fact that they weren't really doing much other than following this magician around or following this spiritual leader around, however they viewed him. They wanted to see his miracles, and they wanted to hear the stuff that he was saying, especially the rebellious stuff that he was saying towards the church leaders. I didn't hear Jesus one time say to the crowds, you guys suck, y'all don't do anything, why are you just sitting around? So it makes me wonder also, is is there a time, you know, Ecclesiastes, a, a time to live, a time to die. Is there a time to just receive and be consumers? And I, even saying that kind of makes me <laughs> shudder because everything in me wants to say, no, it's not good. But all that to say is when it comes to Matt Chandler and what he's doing, I would say, yes, altogether, that's a good thing. But if you are after the model of spreading, having more people come in, uh, a church like Seacoast, I don't think could make that switch overnight because so much of the success is based on really good teaching. And it le- maybe not now, but there was a season in our church where not all the campus pastors were great teachers. So all right. I, I recently uh, uh, joined a multi-site church. Uh, what do you mean? Join? Well, we have millions of, uh, we have millions of sites. It's uh, Lakewood church, uh, in Houston, Texas, Joel Osteen. He preaches at my house every week <laughs> on my TV. Wait, your multi-site is just watching it. I'm, I mean, same thing. No, but how about this? <laughs> you, you have gone to multi-site. Yeah. What, I, have. Do you, what I do went you, to cross what point. Do you, yeah. Yeah. You went to cross, but point. I went to the main campus. I was like, I don't want to bother with the, the you know, TV, the, the B team. But I mean, you you even thought about? Did you ever think about joining or like you you what thought you about joining? playing drums for them or what? <laughs> yeah, I did try to play drums for them. 
That didn't go. I so mean, good. Toby, if if there's a lot of <laughs> hold on, hold on, Joey. Why did you try to play drums for? I had Cross a point. Yeah, I had a, like a panic. First of all, they have so many sites, and one of them's like an hour away. Yeah. If you're new, they send you to that one. And so I did wake my ass up at 5:30 a.m. to get out there, and then I got out there and didn't have any stuff because they didn't tell me to bring anything. Like I didn't have a snare drum or cymbals, and I was like, nobody told me to bring it. I just yeah. you have a drum set, and then I almost had like a panic attack before I went on stage, and it all turned out fine. You had to audition, and it was weird. They treat you weird. It, it was very awkward. I had like I bought new jeans because I wanted to look cool, and I left the tag on the jeans that tells you the size. <laughs> During my audition, I walked. I got home. 40, I got home and Cassie's 42, like, 32. Yeah, no, I got home. Cassie's like, you have your size sticker on. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Wait, so you, you so you auditioned to be? I mean, you are in As Cities Burn. Yeah, the, I yeah. mean, uh. uh <laughs> potentially at least world famous band and you felt awkward trying out for a yeah. church band yeah they made me feel like a loser they did or you did like put combination of both whenever whenever you show up to an audition at the main campus and you walk out and i'm like i'm an accomplished drummer i can't even believe i have to do this really but i'll do it i'll humble myself and then like a bass player and a guitar player walk out on stage and don't even introduce themselves to you and then you play a song, and then they walk off stage. So like, it's just a machine. Like, like yeah, you like, what out. the fuck is this? Yeah. Is it a church? And then you go play a service, and, like, the the leader, like, you don't even meet anybody. Like, nobody, get, nobody gave a shit about leading worship. So it's a machine. It, it was a machine. They're all pro musicians. They're right. Belmont kids, and they're, the, the leader was a guy who does worship leader, and he, like, yelled at us in practice. Like, did anybody even listen to the songs this week? He said that? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, you got a new keyboard player, a new drummer? Like, we don't know what's going on. We're an hour away from Nashville. There's going to be 150 people here. What are we doing? Joey? I hated it. <laughs> Joey, are you quitting today? Am I quitting today? No. No. I mean, the, the point I'm trying to make is that if you can debate all day long if there should be such an emphasis on the teaching i get that and i and i would probably agree more than disagree with people that say there's too much emphasis you don't need it every sunday morning you don't you know but if if it is important to a church then i could totally see why multi site is their preferred model because let's face it toby when it comes to james island seacoast the church that you worked at the the one that i still do it's definitely pastored effectively, you know, by a, a joint uh, effort of staff, elders, and then just people taking care of one another. I mean, we do have a strong community, a strong church, and I'm not teaching every Sunday. In fact, I'm teaching very rarely. So, if if you if you so are you saying that it diminishes like the the preaching? Uh, in a sense of the healthy wise. No, I'm saying like, it, you, are, I'm saying it doesn't seem to diminish anything. If if you look at what is important, no, but, no, but what I'm saying is you don't have to to preach every Sunday, so you actually have more time to do something else. Like you think multi site means there the pastor gets to do more than preach. So in a way, it actually accentuates not preaching. Yeah. So so think think about it this way: you have um, you have. I keep throwing out 15,000. I think that's around the average. You have 15,000 people that are going to show up on, on at a Seacoast campus or online. And you've got, let's, let's be generous and say 60 pastors 
that work at Seacoast. So these are our actual pastors that do pastoral work. They've got the tax break like myself and they've, you know, they are deemed a pastor. Only one of them is busting their ass throughout the week to come up with a sermon that's going to be good, that's going to make people laugh, that's going to, you know, touch people. Yeah. And, and, I hear and, you. and the other 59 are actually getting other shit done. That's kind of efficient. Uh, you can't knock its efficiency. And I have, I, I have definitely right. heard this said, and I was just like, there's no way you can argue with this. You're e- like, if you are one of those pastors of a church where there's no multi-site, everything uh, stops with you, and you do sermons every week, you're either going to pastor very ineffectively mm-hmm. uh, and not really take care of people, or you're going to have really sucky messages on Sunday mornings. Now, I think well, the three I- of us would say, well, you don't need really good messages every Sunday mornings. Just give it a break for two or three weeks out of the month and then give a really good one once a month. But if you have a conviction of, of giving sermons every single week, then I think a multi-site thing is not a bad idea. In, the, in that how, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't know anything about your church, so I'm not even criticizing it from everything I hear. It sounds totally... I mean, Joey still works there. I know, and they allow us. To yeah, yeah. I can't believe. I no, I can't I mean, believe. I know that this podcast. We, we, we've said it a million times. Seacoast in Charleston, South Carolina, and they're all over South Carolina. Is must be the greatest church of all. Yeah, yeah. They allow this podcast to exist. I, but, I've never. So, it, what is it about the the culture of the big church like that? Like the pastor who does the teaching. Like, why the why does the teacher become this rock star? You know what I mean, and and does well, that happen at your church? Do you and is there things that yeah, y'all well, have to do to like maintain, like hold up? I think let's to suppress that a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I think to answer your question, you, you have to say, well, part of the reason why the church got to that size in the first place is because you had the Perry Noble personality. That is yeah. what helped it grow, is because people were like, oh, I got to be a part of what this person is doing. So that that's how that established. Now, Seacoast is just a different animal, and I think the reason why it's such a special place is. Uh, you know, the Josh Surratt is the one that is in charge practically running things, but his his dad is the one that set the tone. And his dad, he he basically started the church in 88. So he's at a point now to where he's just like, and, and I, I'm speaking arrogantly for him. He's actually a really humble guy. But if you're in his shoes, you're just like, dude, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't give a shit if people have a problem with bad Christian. Now, if it got to the point, you know, and he is demonstrating, stop trying to have such control over every little thing and stop yep. being so possessive of your own church's brand and let people do what they feel God wants them to do and let's just chill. Now, am I saying that at some point the two could clash in a way where we had to figure out uh, how to make some more distance? No, that, you know, that that could be in the future, but right now it's just not an issue. And he has and he has dealt with some criticism. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I, I don't know yeah. to what extent, but he's, you know, I I had someone email me and copy him on it, and I saw exactly how he handled it. I mean, he basically said um, what Joey is doing is is not a very common thing. He said, I don't agree with everything he says, but I trust his heart. And he's also speaking to a demographic that I, that's not going to listen to me at all. So I support him. And it was super <laughs> short, sweet. Well, I'm done. I mean, if Joe, if Joey left the podcast, I mean, Toby and Matt would cease to be Christians for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Joey, this Joey's would, the only, this would only dive into like, I can't even imagine like it like what if, you replaced, what if you replace what if you replace Joey with like me? 
Oh God, <laughs> it'd be Matt, Toby, oh, and it'd be Aaron. so depressing. Oh my God, it'd be the depressing bad Christian. There'd be podcast. no like spiritual guidance whatsoever. <laughs> Nobody well, to say, hold up, hold on. The Bible says. <laughs> well, well, here's what I'll say. Here, so, Joey, I've read the Bible in ten years. You haven't. <laughs> That makes me feel that's that's like the saddest thing on this podcast. That makes me feel real bad. Toby, Toby, you just uh, did it again. That was the saddest thing on the podcast. Well, probably not. <laughs> it feels that way. You're headed to hell. Aaron, Aaron, what, you get a kick out of this. Uh, Pastor Greg, okay. it, we have a date with him, uh, December the 11th. He's coming on the podcast, and I oh, okay, and, and I actually told him. One thing he's that, not gonna like it. I told him he, he, he's just gonna he's gonna he can't be totally himself. Like I I, I feel so uncomfortable. Like <laughs> the pastor, your your boss, the head guy of Seacoast, which has been so generous and nice and kind to our podcast, is coming on our podcast. What'd you say, December eleventh? Yep, December eleventh. I mean, that's coming up, and he can't be happy. Like he can't. No, enjoy but I think it. the best. No, what if if he's smart? Not smart. I don't know him. Whatever. The best thing he could do smart. is come over, come on, and uh, tear you guys apart. Yeah. Well, here, here's here's he like from do. a yeah. from a That's theological and and That's what he should do. Yeah. Yeah. Here's he should do that. Here's the thing: is I I I told him the other day. I said. You know, probably what we're going to want to do is we definitely want to know why you let Joey stay on staff and do Bad Christian. I said, and we'll we'll kind of want to put you on the hot seat as far as some of the stuff that we disagree with how church does things and just the mega church culture, celebrity pastors, and all that. And he didn't bat an eye. He was just like, okay, sounds good. Now I do agree with Toby that uh, he he definitely limits himself more than we do, but I I do think yeah. it will be open and honest enough for it to be yeah. useful to people. I think people are you, you going to do a popcorn like Pastor Greg, gay marriage, Pastor Greg, divorce, <laughs> Pastor Greg, gun control, Pastor. Are you going to do all this? Pastor Greg, uh, political affiliation, <laughs> Pastor Greg, you support Trump. That would uh, that's what I'm saying. Like we live in a time and a day and age where that's what that is what I think is so cool about Seacoast is they allowed you and I, I, I worked there for three years and, and you've worked there for what? How, how long are you on a decade? Yeah, uh, I've been working there for 12 years. Yeah. Over a decade. And wow. so for them to be so aware that they can allow that to happen is just phenomenal. I, I, I no other church. I, I fully believe it. Like I worked at Mars Hill that would not have happened. Like bad Christian would not exist if I would have continued to work at Mars Hill and now it doesn't exist. So maybe it would have, but I, I do think that's pretty phenomenal. But what I'm saying is this multi-site thing, Joey, I think it's going away. Like I said that at the beginning it, of it, okay. my answer, but, but, but what if pastor Greg says, Joey, we're done with multi-site. You're going to take over James Island campus. You taking it over. You're going to be the preacher at James. You're going to preach every week. Or what, what would you do? Would you say yes or no? I mean, that's a huge question. Right. Like right now, you don't preach at hardly at all. Like what? Five, ten times a week, uh, a year, I'm sorry. Five, ten times a year. Less than that. Like, Way it, less than that. It, okay. <laughs> yeah. So are What's you... Less than five. So, so if, if Seacoast goes, hey, we, we are also getting rid of the multi-site. You can have this church and lead it locally in James Island. Does it look the same? Does it look like Seacoast? I mean, uh, do you accept it? Um, 
Yeah, I I think so, but I would really have to reevaluate because here here here's my snare, and this is very uncomfortable to say. But Your snare, yeah. <laughs> Who says that? Whoever's editing, who cue, says my snare? Cue, cue a snare drum. I know. Can we please, get a snare drum? Please add a snare drum. <laughs> here's my snare. Yeah, here's my snare. So I drop that beat. Drop the snare beat. I don't. I don't lose a, a bit of sleep over me working at Seacoast from like a, a guilty conscience. And what I mean by that is. I have full permission to say the things that I say on this podcast, yep. and and it's trusted. And Seacoast is very comfortable with people internally disagreeing with stuff and having different perspectives. So that's not a problem. I think what um, what can possibly bother me is Toby that model that that you pointed to. I am yep. much more comfortable working within a model and supporting someone else trying to run this model and being a supporter for that model than I would be to take that same model uh, model and me be the one in charge because if I was the one in charge I'd be like, no, if I'm leading this thing, I got to I got to change it all and I think some of my changes would not allow me to uh, be supported by it, the financial aspect. So, in other words, I'm in a very good place because I'm at a church that I do love, respect yeah. the leaders, and I think that I'm useful around here. And it's my career, like it's it's my main source of income. So, all of that is actually very positive. Where uh, if I had, you know, complete leadership of something, it would just be done a little bit differently. So, I think you know, I, I think it's a win win right now. So, what did Matt Chandler do? He just gave it all up. Yeah, he gave, gave it all up. It. I, I mean, that that actually does mean a financial hit, probably for Matt Chandler. I don't mm-hmm. think it will be for him. No, if you think, you don't think so. No, because that that's the one that he's staying at is probably the original one. It's probably the the biggest. greatest source of income. I think that it could possibly, if anything, be uh, uh, get an bigger. income hit to the campus pastors to where they're probably going to be given like maybe a year or two of frozen salary. And then they'll probably have to figure out things on their own. Yeah. All right. That's the damn news. We've been on here for a long time. I like it. So let's just end right here. If y'all are cool with it. But Mm -hmm. I think one thing we want our listeners to know. One cross, three nails, four given. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) Too soon? <laughs> too soon. Is that too soon? <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. Is that too soon? Too soon crucifixion joke. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. This podcast is over. It has to be is over, there something, right? Is there something that I didn't There's no yeah. way the Lord, the Lord of all creation would allow this to keep happening. There's no way, right? I mean, God himself sitting in heaven condemning this, right? Oh. All right. See y'all. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.